Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. We are in a brand new series. Actually, we're in the middle of a series called Double Portion. Somebody say Double Portion. Double portion is what we're talking about, and we have been going from uh, this backdrop that is pretty amazing from Elisha and Elijah, and we've been seeing how Elisha has caught this, this mantle from Elijah and how he received a double portion. He asked God for a double portion, and God gave him a double portion. And so we've been unpacking that over the last two weeks, both physically and e-church. By the way, next week, somebody say next week. We will not have church on the fourth Sunday. I want to explain something to you guys that uh, until we get into a place where we can not have to do set up and tear down, we're going to start doing something to protect all of our team and the people who build this room up for us. You guys have no idea the work that goes into building this room on a, on a weekly basis and building everything around this place. And we're believing God for a new location to give us to do church. But until he gives us a location where we don't have to do set up and tear down, we're allowing the fourth Sunday of every month to be a Sunday that we have off as a Sabbath Sunday. Yeah, I know. Y'all like, what? I ain't never heard of no church doing that. Why, why would we do something like that? Because we trust God that it, even with less, he's going to do more. We trust the God that as we steward over the people that God has given us to serve this church, that God is going to continue to build his church. And so I want you guys to enjoy that Sunday. Next Sunday, I want you to go to brunch. I want you to enjoy yourself, get you some bedside Baptist time in, uh, bless the Lord with your sleep. And, and, and we're going to do our best to protect our team and make sure that we keep all of us healthy in a place where we can continue to build his church. I like that. We're going to continue to build his church that the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I want you guys to make sure that you check it out. We may do something special online, just to maybe a replay of something that we've done before so that those of you guys who are looking for a church option, maybe if you want to watch from home, you can do that. But we want to give our team the opportunity to not have to work that week so that they can be refreshed and have a Sabbath Sunday. Hello, somebody. Don't be so down. It's a good thing, y'all. I promise you. God is up to some great things in this church. And when we get our physical location where we don't have to do set up and tear down, we'll go back to every week. But don't worry about it. God's got something in store for Courageous Church. All right. Let's go to, I'm going to take you out of uh, 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 the, the, the books that we've been in. We've been in First and Second Kings. I want to take you over to another Old Testament uh, uh, book of the Bible. They say that uh, they say that chronologically, this is the oldest book in the Bible. And so I want you to go to the book of Job. Somebody say Job. Job. We'll go to Job chapter 1, and we'll get back into this double portion thing. Do I need to grab a microphone? I need to grab a handheld? I don't mind grabbing a handheld. I feel like when I move, it buzzes. Are we okay? Okay. If it buzzes again, I'm just going to slap this thing off and grab a microphone and holler back. Okay? All right. Job chapter 1, verse, uh, verses 13 through 22. And so I'm going to read a little bit, and I just want you to follow along with me. There's some verses on the screen that you can follow along with me. Listen to this. This is really good. I'll break it down after I read it. Stay with me. Stay with me. I got a little bit to read, and then we'll get right into the message. And here we go. Job chapter 1, verse 13 through 22. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And, and, and the Sabines attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to sword, 
and I am the only one that has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from, he- from the heavens and burned up the sheeps, the sheep and uh, the sheeps, Lord Jesus, help me. Sheep is already plural. Burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to swords, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was yet still speaking, my God, this is this is problem after problem after problem, messenger after messenger coming to him all at the same time. He's getting hit real hard here. And while he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, your sons and your daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. And when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord still be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And then I want to take you to the end of Job's story because I want you to hear this too. Job chapter 42. We go 42 chapters before Job gets any relief. You ready for this? This is the end. This is what it says. We'll jump into the 10th verse. And after Job had prayed for his friends. Oh, that's good right there all by itself. Some of you just write this side note. You need to pray for your friends more. The Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Wait a minute. Y'all really need to pray for your friends because it sounds like a double portion falls on those who pray for their friends. Oh, I'm reading the book. Y'all better, don't get mad at me. The Lord wants you to pray for some friends. Hello, somebody. And his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate at him and came and ate with him at his house. Listen to this. Then they comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought him on. The Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. Then the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkey. And when he, donkeys, and, when he, and he also had seven sons and three daughters. It sounds like the latter part of Job's life was even better than the first part of Job's life. And then I want to give you one more verse in the Old Testament. This is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. This just adds more fuel to the fire of this double portion. It says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Father, I thank you today that you're going to speak to us from the subject, double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. Lord, I thank you that by the time we get to the end of this message, those who came in this room troubled by something that they're going through, that they've been through, that they're walking through, I pray, Father, 
that they would have the revelation that you're about to give them double for their trouble. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Stay right there. Just stay, just stay and hold for me real quick. I just, that's that's going to help me do what I need to do in this message because I really believe that this is a really sensitive word today. I don't want to just breeze through this and make it, uh, make it soft. I, I really know that this is, this is really a tough subject because uh, oftentimes when you go through trouble, it, it's hard to see that there, is, that there is a purpose on the other side of pain. Sometimes it's hard to believe that what you're going through is actually going to come to an end and that better is going to be on the other side. Sometimes we can be so consumed by what's happening in our lives and what's happening around us that we can often lose sight of the greatness and the bigness of our God and how faithful he is and how faithful he will continue to be. And so today I don't want to, I don't want to treat this subject matter lightly. I want to walk and uh, be light footed on this subject because I realize that there are people in this room who are going through trouble, who have been through trouble, or who are standing right in the midst of trouble. And so I, I want to make sure that I'm sensitive to that today, that on this anniversary of our church, as we talk through a double portion, because I believe that God is releasing a double portion on our lives in this year. I believe this is the year we're going to walk in double portion. I also want to be sensitive to the fact that you got, some of us may be walking through that trouble on the way to double. Some of us may be looking in the face of adversity while we're waiting on a triumph. Some of us may be, may be dealing with a situation currently that has shaken us so strongly that is that has broken us down so much that we have lost sight of how great our God is. And so I want, I want to make sure that I'm careful about that. As a matter of fact, I remember this feeling of hopelessness. I remember, believe it or not, your pastor has been in a position like that. I remember being 19 years old on my way to 20. I was, I was married almost for a year at that point. I'd, we had left school. We, had, we decided after the first year we were going to get married. And so we got married, and we did, the, we did the marriage thing. And listen, I was young. I didn't have an education yet. I didn't have that degree behind me. And I just believed God for favor in my life. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, can you give me a job? Can you give me a job, Lord Jesus? Can you give me a a job. And he gave me a job. I was working in the Houston Medical Center, and I have no idea how I got this job. The favor of the Lord just opened before me. I think I was making like $12.50 an hour. Boy, that was a lot back in 2002. I thought I was doing something major. I was like, boy, I'm going to take care of a family with $12.50 an hour. Boy, y'all, y'all ain't going to stop me. Devil, you should have stopped me before they blessed me with it. I felt real good about myself until, until I saw how fast money went, until I, until I saw how much money was left over after we paid the bills until I saw how much money was left over after the rent had to be paid, until I saw how much money was left over after we started buying Similac. Hello, somebody. Diapers and wipes and all the things that come along with having a family that I wasn't familiar with. And I remember we had a, an amazing car. It, it, was a <laughs> it, was, it was a heater with a beater, I, I, and it was lime green. You couldn't miss it coming down the road. It was a Mazda Miata or something like that. It was, oh, yeah, somebody's like, oh, I remember that car. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was a lime green Mazda Miata or something of that nature. And I'm telling you, uh, that thing was, was interesting. And, and, but it was ours. It was, it was the car we had, and that's what we started with. And I'll never forget, we were in a really tough spot financially, and uh, it, we, things were really tight. And, and one night, um, I, I was awakened to the sound of a backup uh, noise. Um, it's three in the morning. I, I look out the window, and they're towing the, 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 the car. The lime green car is on the back of, uh, uh, of, of a tow truck. 
and, and they're driving away with it before I could get down the stairs to stop them. And they're gone by the time I get downstairs, totally gone. And I'm distraught. I'm, 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 I'm broken. I can't even understand. And so I started playing the mind game, the spiritual game. God, how could you let something like this happen? I remember crying in my living room, falling to my knees, saying, God, I have no money. I don't know how we're going to make this situation change. Why would you put me in such a situation like this? Why would you bring trouble on someone who's trying to do right, God? I don't understand. And in the midst of my pain and in the midst of, uh, of the hurt of my car being towed, I had no idea how good God was, and I had no idea how faithful he was because I was blinded by my troubles, and I realized that I couldn't see the triumph on the other other side of my trouble. And so I, I want to tell you, I can relate to how you felt. Yes, we got the car out of, of, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, what do we call it? Uh, the pound. The, the, yeah. Yeah, the tow yard. It was my first time ever having my car towed. They towed me because my, 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 uh, my, my things were expired on. My tags were expired. Why in the world? How do you even see tags at night? I mean, they had to be targeting a brother or something, you know. They was really trying to make some money. Okay, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day because they, be, they need to be put to shame for that all together. And, and, and so, so, yeah, we got the car out. Yeah, we moved on. Yeah, we, we, we were blessed. Yeah, I went to Bible college and ended up going back to school. Yeah, I got my, my Bible degree. Yeah, I went back to Dallas Baptist University as well. Yeah, I ended up working at some great churches in some great places and served the country. And yeah, I've traveled the world. And yeah, we started this awesome church called Courageous Church. Yeah, we have three kids and all of that stuff. And yeah, we've been married 20 years now. But, but I remember the pain that I felt on the inside as I looked trouble in the face and wondered if God was on the other side. So today, I want to spend some time talking to those of you guys about trouble that need to hear a little bit about it, because I really believe that Job models something in this text that can help us all walk through trouble just a little better, because I believe double is on the other side of trouble. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here's some things to think about when you're going through troubled times. Some things to think about when you're going through troubled times. Number one, God, loving God does not exempt you from the trials of life. Can I, I just want to say this. I, I, I think that it's a, it's a misconception, and I think, I, think, I think we do ourselves a disservice when, when, as believers, we try and sell people on the fact that giving your life to Christ means that everything is going to be great. Some of y'all scratching your head like, I thought that's what I signed up for. Uh Uh-huh. But can I tell you, sometimes serving God comes with pain. Serving God can can, can, can hurt sometimes. Serving at, you don't believe me? Ask Jesus. Don't believe me? Ask the disciples who who were all martyred because of their belief in Christ. You see, we do ourselves a disjustice by not teaching people about the sacrifice and the pain that comes with walking after Christ, except we pick up our cross and follow him daily. We can have no part in him. So I want you to understand that just because you're a believer and just because you love God and just because you worship him and just because you read your Bible and just because you got your worship on in the car, even before you got to the church, hello, somebody, just because you said your daily devotionals, just because you got it in, just because you speak in tongues, just because you have some spiritual gifts does not exempt you from pain and suffering. 
And so I think this is important for you to understand as a growing Christian because oftentimes we are met with the, with the conception of, of trouble will not come our way now that we've given our lives over to Jesus. As a matter of fact, some of us gave our lives to Jesus in a troubling moment and we thought to ourselves, this is why I came to him so that I can no longer have trouble in my life anymore. But can I tell you something? This is a good thought right here. I want you to remember this. This is good. Loving God does not mean that you will never go through trouble. It just means that you'll you'll never go through it alone. Let me say that again. Loving God does not mean that you will never go through trouble again. It just means that you won't go through through trouble times alone. When the disciples were on the boat where the winds and the waves were tossing and Jesus was on the boat with them, they were crying and they were afraid and they were scared because they thought the boat was going to sink. And they went to Jesus and says, don't you care that the boat is about to go down? And Jesus wakes up from his nap and he says, peace be still. He calms the waves and the seas. And then he rebukes them of their unbelief. And then this is where we catch the revelation in the fact that Jesus was in the boat with them and the waters and the winds and the waves were still hitting the boat. What's the difference? Jesus was on the boat with them. And this is what I need you to understand, that when you believe in Jesus and when you have a relationship with him, it does not exempt you from trouble. It just means that he's going to walk with you through that trouble. It doesn't exempt you from going through hell. It just means that Jesus is going to be right in the midst of that fire with you as you're going through, making sure you don't get burned or singed. He's going to pull you out on the other side, and you're going to come out better than you were. You're going to make sure, he's going to make sure that you make it to the other side. But when we lose sight that Jesus is in the boat with us, when we lose sight that the power of God lives on the inside. When we lose sight of the fact that God is with us and never, he will never forsake us, then we can, we can easily be convinced that troubled times will last always and that God is not with us. We have to remember that he will never leave us nor forsake us. This is the promise of God. I want you to hear this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45 says this, you have heard that it was, that was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. My goodness gracious, do you really want to be saved? You really want to be a Christian? The Lord says, love your enemies. Who wants to love your enemies? You want to make you, you want to bless your enemies? Then, then be a believer because God's going to expect you to love your enemies and not hate them, not, not plot revenge on them. That's why sometimes when people are speaking bad of you, you can't speak bad of them because that's not what God told you to do. God told you to love those who, who are speaking bad of you. I remember working with a man who used to talk crazy to me every single day coming, coming to work, and he, he, he would talk crazy every single day. I'd come in singing my song, build your church, build your church, start it from the ground up. Build your church. Uh, uh. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. This is the day that the Lord had made. I mean, I come in with that Jesus joy all over me. He couldn't stand it. He was, he was, man, shut up, you stupid. Yeah, stupid song. Here he comes with those stupid songs again. And he was the boss's brother, so I couldn't get mad at him, couldn't say too much. Even if my Christianity didn't kick in, my my sanity did, I was like, I need that paycheck in Jesus' name. (laughs) I ain't going to talk too crazy to you. I need to to feed these kids. And a year of consistently being kind, 
a year of not taking revenge, a year of not being angry with that man when he was being mean to me, changed his life because he went through a troubled time. And how many of you guys know when trouble comes, people know who to call? All ain't nothing like somebody calling you that don't like you when they need your help. Oh, somebody said, mm. oh, you need me now. Oh, you need me to pray now. Oh, you want me to call on the Lord? You mean the one I sing about all the time that you be telling me to shut up? Okay, I could have responded that way, but I didn't. I took, an, I, took, I, I took full advantage of the opportunity to pray for this man. But before that moment happened, we decided to bless those who cursed us. We, we, bought a, we bought a big old Bass Pro gift card for Christmas for him. Gave it to him at the Christmas party. Babies gave it to him. Merry Christmas. He opened the card up and saw the amount. Couldn't believe it. Was trying to give it back to us. I said, no, 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 no. Just want to bless you. Just take that. Take that. And he was so, you could look at his face. He was so confused as why we would buy him anything, knowing how he was treating me. And that changed something in that man's heart. He called me in troubled times. His wife had a stroke. She was paralyzed on her full right side. We prayed for her as a church. He says, I know you're praying, man. Can you pray for my wife? I prayed for his wife, and she became healed the next day because we began to pray for her. And he says, I know it was God who did this because it couldn't nobody. When y'all prayed, something changed, and she's different, and she's got feeling in her right side now. She can move and talk, and, and her muscles are moving the way that they should. That wouldn't have happened if I would have cursed those who cursed me. And I'm, I'm oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to tell somebody in this room that double may be on the other side of you blessing trouble. Sow a seed. Do something to bless those who are talking bad about you. Don't talk bad about them when they're talking bad about you. Find a way to be a blessing to them in Jesus' name. That wasn't even what I was trying to tell you about. It says, but this, this is what I really wanted to get down to. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that, that you may be sons of, of your Father in heaven. For, uh, for, listen to this. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good. And listen to this. This is the part that I wanted you to see. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that trouble has no zip code. I'm saying that trouble has no ethnicity. I'm saying that trouble doesn't care how old you are, whether you are a millennial or a baby boomer. I'm saying that trouble can come to anybody at any time, anywhere, at any place. And I'm telling you, that trouble does not mean that God is not with you. Trouble means that God will be with you while you walk through it. So I need you to change your mindset about this because God is trying to bless you with double. And Job never lost sight of the fact that just because I'm going through trouble does not mean that God is not with me. And this is why Job could not curse God because he knew that God was right there with him and he remembered the faithfulness of his God in those moments. And this is why you worship and this is why you praise. And someone texted me and told me they were going through so much and everything was going all wrong and, and, and they lost this person and that person. I said, this is what our faith is made for. God comes alongside of us in times like this and all those moments in worship and reading, it kicks in and we lean into that and we allow God 
God to walk us through it, and he carries us through troubled times. Some of us need to be encouraged to know that God is with you in troubled times. He is not against you. It is not him trying to destroy you. He's making you better. He's building your character. You're going to be better because of that thing. You're going to get on the other side of it. It may hurt right now, but I promise you, down the line, you'll see that God was with you the entire time, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody say amen. Amen. I love this because loving God doesn't mean that you'll never go through trouble. It just means that you'll never go through it alone. Just like the three Hebrew boys, they were in the smoke and the fire. Oh, they were trying to, they were trying to burn them boys alive. And y'all know the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. <laughs> it spelled something like that. Abandigo. Stood in the fire. Through the fire. And they did not get singed. And the Bible even says they didn't even smell, like, the clothes didn't even smell like smoke because there was another in the fire that was standing there with them. God was standing in the fire with them. And they came out not smelling like smoke because our God does not keep us from trouble. He walks through troubled times with us. Oh, this is good. I could spend so much time there, but I'm going to go because I got time. I got time constraints. Number two, you ready? It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. Can I tell you this? I just, I just think sometimes we can over-spiritualize everything, and we don't allow people to have a moment. We don't allow people to, in, to, to have their emotions, to share their emotions, to express their emotions about how they feel. We don't allow people to lament sometimes. You know, some, I'm a pastor, so I see people, uh, I've dealt with situations many times where you've seen people hospitalized or you've seen uh, uh, the death of a loved one. And man, I'm telling you, it's the scariest time for me because some people just don't know what to say to people in those times. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I cringe when I hear people talk sometimes to people who are going through and the stuff that's going on with them. And, and they just, sometimes they just don't allow people to have their moment, to be normal to be human, to express what's going on with them. And I love what Job does here because he gives us a great illustration of what we should do when we're going through grief. The Bible says that Job tears his clothes and shaves his head. When I look this up, in the Hebrew tradition, this is, a, this is the greatest sign of lamenting and grieving over a lost one. And so they tear their clothes and they shave their head, and they cry out, and they lament out loud over the person that they lost, because this is, this is how they get through. This is how they express their grief. These are the emotions that come along with going through troubled times, and some of us, oh, this is good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel you right here. Some of us need to give ourselves permission to grieve about, thank you, Holy Spirit, about, about the things that we've lost, Can I say this? Grieving is not just set aside for the loss of a loved one. Oh, my goodness. I feel you in the room, Holy Spirit. I feel you talking online right now. Grieving is not just limited to those who have lost a loved one. Grieving can go for a loss of a relationship. Some of us can grieve over the loss of a friendship, over the loss of a relationship that we thought was going to be forever, 
over things of that nature. And, and sometimes because we don't give our permission, we don't give ourselves permission to grieve in moments like that, those moments hold us and they keep us and they arrest our development in that area. And we get stuck at a tree or stuck in a moment of time that we can't move past because we won't do the legwork. We won't do the work of grief so that we can move past those moments. The grief, the grief of a lo- of, of uh, the grief of loss of a job, that's a serious situation. Sometimes we can lose an opportunity, a job, or something of that nature that can really cause us some 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 recourse and some heart issues. Uh, maybe we didn't see it coming. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we thought that was going to be what we were going to do for the rest of our lives. It's okay to grieve about that. It's okay for you to be sad about that. It's okay for you to show emotions about that. It's okay for you to lament about that. It's okay. You ready? It's okay to cry. I'm a man. I posted a post this week, and I said, don't ever forget how good your God is. Don't ever forget how good his grace is. And it was a picture of me crying on the day of my ordination. And I got lost in the moment with thousands of people in the room, thousands of people watching online. I forgot about all of them, and all I could see was the power of God and his hand being on my life. And how grateful I was that he would choose someone like me. And in that moment, my heart began to cry because I understood that he could choose anyone, but he chose me. You see, don't lose your tenderness. Don't become hard and callous in life with trouble that comes your way. Don't allow a situation or circumstance to keep you from expressing your emotions and what's going on in the inside. Because if you don't, and you don't allow yourself to do your grief work, it can keep you from progressing in other areas of your life. And Job understood that in this moment, I've got to grieve the loss of a loved one. I've got to grieve the loss of my sheep and my cattle. I've got to grieve the loss of my livelihood. And it's okay for me to do that. And I just want to give someone permission in the room right now that didn't feel like you could. It felt like you had to be hard and tough for everybody around you. Uh, It felt like you just had to keep it together because everybody else told you, 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 you you're, the, you're the rock of the family. You're the stone. You're the person that, that everybody looks to for comfort, and you're the strong one. My men, you, we're, we're real hard at this. We, we, we got to be tough for everybody else, and we got to be the shoulder that everybody else cries on. But can I tell you, you can cry too. It's all right for you to shed a tear about something you might have lost because Job shows grief, and his grief allows him to not blame God. Oh, this is good. His grief that he went through and the grief work that he did in this moment allowed him not to blame God. But when we don't do our grief, our grief work over whatever it is that we lost, we constantly have an issue on the inside about that loss, and it constantly lives inside of us, and it keeps us from moving forward in life the way that we should. I'm giving a free counseling session right now. Some of you guys should pay me for this counseling session because I'm trying to help you do some grief work in some areas of your life where trouble has come, and you have not done your work. And until you do your work, it's going to be hard for you to move forward. Until you do your work, it's going to be hard for you to trust other people until you do your work it's going to be hard for you to step into the next job because you're going to be bitter about the last one until you do your work you're going you can't get into the relationship and be a husband or a wife because you're still stuck at the last one job does his grief work and he moves on number three learning to worship in the midst of worry come on michael i gotta i gotta round this out learning to worship in the midst of worry This is good. This is good. 
Did you see what Job does in the scripture here? It says, after he lamented, he rips his clothes, he shaves his head. The Bible says that he worships the Lord. Wow. How could you worship in a time of trouble? How could you worship when all hell is breaking loose in your life? How could you worship after the loss of loved ones and everything that you hold dearly and all of your livelihood has been snatched right up from underneath you? This, I don't know that it could get any worse than what Job was experiencing in this moment. How could you worship when your wife turns her back on you and says you should just curse God and be done with it? How could you worship when your friends are all plotting and trying to find a way to make, to, to, to make God a lie and make the enemy's uh, 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 words true? How could you worship in a moment like that? Because he understood where his source came from. He understood who was going to help him through that tough time. You know, there was a study done um, by Amy Cuddy. It's a TED Talk that's out there. And I want to share this with you as I close. Amy Cuddy describes that something happens to your physical body when you lift your arms like this in a V. Amy Cuddy has an amazing TED Talk that says that the chemicals in your body, testosterone and uh, cortisol, cortisol is bad, testosterone is good. And she said that they studied what happened to people before they went into interviews when they did this pose before they went in. This pose did something to their body, and it helped their body be different. It helped them to think different. It helped them to go in and have the confidence that they needed to walk into the interview and not be afraid, not be fearful, but walk in with authority and confidence. And they weren't scared and they weren't clamored. And they found that people that stood like this and kept their body low and kept their hands low and kept their head low, something happened to them and and their cortisol levels went up when they would go in like this. But when they go like this, their testosterone levels would rise and their confidence would rise when their head would go up and their chin would go up and their hands would go up. And so they found out that you can actually do better in your interviews and have more confidence when you lift your hands like this. And and I think that it's interesting that science has figured something out that God has always known about man, and that is that he created us us for worship. He created us to praise him. He created us to come to him when we were in troubled times. He created us that when we go through hard stuff that we lift our hands and we give him worship and we praise him. He created us that no matter what storm comes our way, we understand the power of what happens when we worship him. Oh, my God, have mercy. I'm trying to help somebody in this room that's going through trouble in your life and that you're seeing trouble all around you. And I just want to challenge you that to be a person that doesn't forget the power of what happens when you lift your hands. This is why I worship. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I go to work against the enemy. This is how I stand when I don't think I can stand anymore. This is what I did that night in my living room at 19. I fell to my knees and I began to cry cry out to God and I began to raise my hands and strength began to come over me and power and authority began to rise in me even though I couldn't see the solution to my trouble. I worship the one who can bring me through 
I worship the one who has proven himself faithful time and time again. I worship the one who brought my mama out of drugs and addiction and off the streets from prostitution. I worship the one who saved me at the age of 15, rearranged my insides and changed my mind about the world around me. I worship the one and true and living God who has done everything but fail in my life. I worship the one who made me a winner when I was always a loser. I worship the one who has been faithful and just. I worship the one who has been there every step of my life. I worship the one who rescued me from every troubled situation that I have ever been in. And so Job worships God in the midst of his trial. He didn't wait until he got to, to, to chapter 42. He, oh, he did it in chapter 1. And he falls to his knees and he says something that you need to remember. Naked I came into this world, and naked I shall return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord bless, and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I tell you what he was saying there? Everyone standing, I'm about to close this service. Harley, can you grab, just grab a mic for me? Because what he was saying in this moment, what gave him the power to worship in this moment, is that he realized that his life was not his own. To you, Lord, I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. I give myself away because my life is not my own. In that moment, Job said, yes, I have cattle. Yes, I have sheep. Yes, I have family. Yes, I have great things and possessions. But the moment I think that those things belong to me and that you haven't made me a steward of those things and that just like, just like you gave it to me once, just like you blessed me with a great relationship once, just like you fixed my marriage once, just like you saved somebody else's kids once that I know, just like you rescued that person out of that situation once, I know that you are faithful and just to do just that thing again. So I know that if I can put myself in a posture, here we go, you ready? This is how you gain your confidence. This is how you change your circumstance. This is how you cause double to come into your life. This is how Job walks into double at the end of the story. This is how Job was blessed with twice as much as he had before, is he didn't wait until his circumstance changed. He worshiped God because he realized his life was not his own. So I just want you to take a few moments, close your eyes and make peace with God. However you get your hand up and your head up, I want you to give yourself away in this moment. Come on, you can do that. Right there, make an altar right where you are. Even while you're watching online. That's right. Father, we give our troubles. We give our troubles away to you right now, Father. We're not, we're not gonna hold that by ourselves. Give myself away. We give our children. We give our wives. We give our husbands. Give myself away. Yes, that's right. Yes. I give myself away. So you can use me. Give myself away. You can have it all. I dare you. 
myself away. I dare you to give it to God. So you I dare you to give it to God. You. I dare you to give it to God. I keep myself away. Yeah. Whatever you want, you can have That's oh, it. Whatever you want, give myself away. So you can use me. I keep myself away. That's it. Life is not my own. Give myself away. Come on. I give it away for you. Hang out right there. Give myself away. I think this is the key to double. This is the key to double. This is the key to double right here. Give myself away. Hands up. My heart belongs to you, Lord. Kick drum. Kick drum. Kick. Kick. I give myself away. Yeah. So you. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Myself I'm stepping boldly to your throne. I keep myself away. Stay right there. So you That's it. That's it. Stay right there. I keep myself away. Make your peace with God right now. Make your peace with God right now. Lord, I'm not blaming you. I need you. Be with me in troubled times. I invite you into my situation. I invite you into my circumstance. Yes. So you can use me. Yeah. So you can use me. Move, Holy Ghost. Move on those watching online right now. Right there in that living room. us the strength to realize that troubled times does not mean that you're not with us. I pray that you would give us an understanding that it's okay not to be okay sometimes. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would never forget the power of our worship in troubled times. I pray that just like Job fell to his knees and worshiped you in a time of trouble, Lord, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that we would remember where our help comes from. 
we will remember our source. We will remember what happens when we worship you. We would remember that you are the lifter of our heads. We would remember that you would never leave us nor forsake us. We would remember the power that comes over our situation when we turn to you. So God, today, we turn to you. We give ourselves away to you, even in troubled times. And I thank you, Father. Oh, my God. I feel this in my spirit. This is a prophetic word. I thank you that double is going to come over every person in this room that trouble has ever hit. If troubles hit your life, I'm praying right now. Oh, I'm praying that double comes over your life. I'm praying that everything the enemy tried to steal from you, everything that thief came to kill, steal, and destroy, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that he would give it back, that it would come back to you in double. If he took one away, I pray he brings two. If he took three away, I pray that he brings back six. In the name of Jesus, let your people be blessed as they endure and persevere through troubled times. I thank you, Father, that you are a very present help in a time of trouble, that you don't leave or forsake your children, but you're with them in the midst of the storm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, somebody make some noise in this place. Oh, come on, somebody make some noise in this place. Oh, come on, somebody make some noise in this place. Woo! Yeah! Look at your neighbor and say, double's coming your way. Come on, prophesy to the person next to you. Say, double's coming your way. Tell them this too. Say, don't give up. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you throw in the towel. Hang in there. Doubles on the other side. Oh, I feel that thing. I feel that thing. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we're so grateful you guys came to church today. I didn't expect this many people to show up. Honestly, I thought we were all going to be at the house uh, tailgating, waiting on the bucks. But thank God that we know the importance of celebrating our Savior and putting him first before we do other things. Don't y'all start with me. Don't y'all start with me. I'm trying to get aside here so you can see the bucks. Don't you start playing to worship you, I live. Don't you start playing, I worship you. You got to stop it. Change the song, I'm telling you. Woo!
softly. sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one if you like what you heard please share with your family and friends don't forget to connect with us on our website at courageouschurch.online courageous church courageous people